Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode on the Forging Life Podcast, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Kenny Page at K Page Productions, who has helped recreate the Forging Life logo, and he actually is offering our listeners 10% discount to create or recreate your logo, business cards, and so much uh, many different other offers out there. Uh, you can get a clothing line, tags, and a few other things there too. So make sure, head over to a Kennedy Page, uh, who his information is in the show notes. Take advantage of the 10% discount and make sure you get yourself looking nice and professional. So thank you, Kennedy. And now let's jump into today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Forge in Life podcast. I'm your host, Trey Ryder, and I have a very special guest with me today, Sean Michael Crane, who uh, I have actually been a, a friend with here, uh, or a Facebook friend, for quite a while. And he is doing numerous different things. And some of the things I wanted to highlight is first and foremost, he's a family man, a father of three. He's actually an Ironman author and a coach. So welcome, Michael. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Michael, sorry, I went, I went straight to you. <laughs> I didn't even look. That's all right. <laughs> welcome, Thank you Sean. <laughs> it's a That's pleasure. to be here. So what's going on in your life? Uh, right now, like I said, in the introduction, understand Ironman, coach, author, uh what are you doing right now this day and age yeah um balancing all those things really um no to be honest trey so last year you know there was so much going on um in my life personally it was a really good year for business and family um we welcomed a new member of our family my wife jessica and i um preston he's five months my daughter scarlett is 18 months and then our son mason's 10. so we have a little gap there but adjusting to having two babies in diapers at home, Mason's home for school because of COVID, and then running my business. It's been a busy year, but an amazing year. So going into 2021, my focus is just really being in the moment more and soaking up this precious time with my kids while I still get to pursue all of my goals and my vision. I love it. You, you mentioned the three kids, the uh, five-month, 18, and 10-year-old. And obviously the 10 year old is currently in school. So how are you kind of balancing all of that going on? Yeah, I mean, he's, I'm at home. I've been working from home. So I'll be on a call or something like this with a client and uh, he knows not to come in. He might knock. He's gotten pretty good though at having a little system that he follows day in and day out. Um, last year was a challenge going from being in school with his friends to being at home on the computer and staying focused. This year, he's really done an amazing job. Um, so I think finding the balance between, you know, giving him extra things to do to really challenge him, 
to make sure he's getting that experience that a fourth grader should, but also understanding these unprecedented times and allowing a little flexibility to maybe ride his bike around um, for a recess or, you know, celebrating how well he's doing and, and acknowledging that and getting him a little treat at the end of the day. He's, he's doing a wonderful job and I'm really impressed, honestly. So he's got a great role model to be able to, to kind of mirror off of, I guess. You know, I didn't think about that till you just said it, but he sees me in here um, in my, you know, makeshift office doing the same thing as he is. So we have pretty similar schedules. Yeah. And hopefully uh, I've been a positive impact on him being able to adjust. And there's some days where it is challenging for him, especially with two little ones in the living room playing with mom and he wants to be out there. But he and I talk a lot about how, you know, sometimes we have to do things as far as schoolwork or um, stuff we don't always want to do, but it has a positive impact on us later on. And I think he understands that. So I've seen a lot of growth in him at, at that young age, honestly. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And so did you always or were you always being a coach and author? Or were there steps prior to what you are currently doing now to, to get you where you are today? Yeah, I mean, I've been on a, a pretty uh, like remarkable journey, I guess you could say, to get here. Uh, every day I reflect, you know, Trey on my life now and being a father, being a coach and being able to help people. I, I really feel like I'm living out my purpose every day. And it's a, a vision that I dreamt of for many years. You know, when I was younger, I went through a really dark period of my life. Um, I grew up in a beautiful place, Santa Barbara, California, right on the ocean, uh, a lot of family around, tons of opportunities. And it was a great place to grow up as a kid. And at the age of 14, you know, my parents, our home life really came unraveled. Uh, they were battling with addiction and they, their addiction, their demons got the best of them. At the age of 14, my dad was sent to prison and my mom left our home. And it really sent me in a downward spiral where I lost myself. I was confused. I was emotionally just broken from that experience. And from the age of 14 till 23, I was just lost in my life. And really developed a, a careless attitude and approach as my dreams and opportunities passed me by. Um, I was just stuck, you know, and at the age of 23, I actually went to prison. This is what changed my life. I went to prison for a crime I didn't commit. And it gave me the opportunity to reflect on who I had become, how I was living my life. And I was able to do a complete 180 and come out of that experience, the best version that I had ever been in my life, more connected to my authentic self, more aligned with the long-term vision and just really understanding how invaluable these moments are to never waste another second of my life again. So since coming home with that perspective, I wanted to reach as many people as I could who I felt maybe didn't understand that this life is temporary, that we get in this, this place up here where we think that we have, you know, forever to live and that, you know, we'll do it next week. Oh, you know, next month I'll make the change I want to make. And what I experienced when I sat in that cell was immense regret and remorse for not living my life every minute in alignment with who I felt my heart I wanted to be because I was just holding back. I was holding back and making excuses. And when I found myself in that cell, the truth hit me in the face. Like, man, you just wasted 10 years of your life. You'll never get that back. So in that moment, something changed in my mindset and my perspective. And then I put it into action and I was able to 
get a lot of positive results while in prison and literally make that the most productive and fruitful times of my life up until that point. Wow, that's very touching. You said that uh, you were basically falsely imprisoned. And what were these charges? And you said 10 years. Was it ever proven that you were falsely imprisoned or you just ride that time out? Yeah, so it was a really uh, traumatic experience. You know, it's pretty um, surreal, to say the least. So I was at a party in an area of Santa Barbara that's really nice. And, um, you know, it's, it's right on the coastline. It's beautiful in uh, downtown Santa Barbara. There was a big house party and there was a lot of people there. I didn't really know anyone. At this time in my life, I just used to go out and I was drinking. I was abusing drugs and alcohol. I was lost, like I said. And um, I was there. I didn't know anybody. And there was a couple groups of, of guys that got into an altercation. Now, when I say I didn't know anyone, I didn't have any close friends there. One of the groups of guys, we knew each other from different um, friends, associates, or like if we saw each other across the room, we would recognize each other. But I never spent time with any of them outside of that, that party. They, they got into an altercation with another group of guys and it ended up turning into a huge melee, a huge brawl in the front yard that I got involved in. I was out there when the altercation was about to take place. It turned physical. Now I'm on the front yard with two groups of guys starting to fight and I get drawn into the fight and I ended up getting attacked. So I thought I was getting jumped or, or attacked by this other group of guys. And what happened was people were getting stabbed in that fight. It turned very violent. And one of the guys almost lost his lives. And people at the party told the police that they saw me involved. And I had blood on me because I got attacked and I got tackled actually. And the guy who got stabbed bled all over me. And literally the series of events that took place to lead to that moment, it's, it's surreal. Like you couldn't have written it out to happen any other way where I would be accused. So now the next day, you know, I'm charged with this crime of attempted murder because this individual almost lost his life. And it was the severity of that situation, Trey, that opened my eyes. If it had just been a fist fight, right, which it started out as, would it have grabbed my attention? Would it have shook me to the very core and changed my whole perspective on life? Maybe not. But sitting in court or in a jail cell faced with attempted murder and looking at a life sentence, it, it completely shocked me and to the core of who I was, to the point where I was able to then have like a paradigm shift and really um, look at my life much differently because of that experience. Man, that's so touching. I'm sorry you had to go through that because, you know, you're not going to be the only person, unfortunately, that the justice system has failed. So at the 10 years, did they just let you go or was it they found the person that actually did the crime or what? No. So I was accused of the crime and, you know, I didn't have the best defense team. If you're not willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on lawyers, you get appointed uh, a state or court appointed lawyers, what they call it. And I could tell they, they thought I was guilty. They thought I did it. The police report was written up really, really badly. Uh, it painted a picture of me that looked like I was, the assailant. And I read it and I couldn't believe it. So I saw early on that going to prison was inevitable. Um, and I didn't focus on that. I didn't develop resentment. So I didn't find myself angry at the judge or the district attorney or the police. Uh, I became really immersed in my own wrongdoings leading up to that moment, my own, you know, uh, careless lifestyle, 
And I started to feel regret for the way I lived. And that's where my attention went. Um, so all the while I'm going to court and they're talking about, you know, life in prison, 15, 20 years. Um, eventually they offered me seven years in prison. So for assault with a deadly weapon, they give you what they call a plea deal. Hey, you take a plea for this charge and we'll give you less time. It's a way to expedite the process so it doesn't have to go to trial because that's costly. Had I gone to trial, I probably would have lost because it looks so bad. And there was no one saying, hey, Sean didn't do this. Um, people were saying, yeah, we saw him wrestling with the guys. He had blood on his shirt. And it, it was really um, the cards were stacked against me, so to speak. So in my heart, I felt that taking that deal was the best chance I had to change my life for the better. And I did. I took a plea deal for a crime I didn't commit. I, I admitted that I did something I didn't do. And they gave me seven years in which I ended up doing five and a half years in prison. Man, that really sucks that you had to do that just to be able to, to lessen the time to have an opportunity at life. So when I say at life, I mean getting out and having a life. And what is one thing that you would sit there and tell yourself at this moment to that individual before that fight broke out, what are some tips you would end up saying to that? Uh, you said 23? Yeah, 23. That 23 year old. Gosh, I mean, so much, right? Um, it's one of those things that when I look back, I feel everything happened the way it was supposed to. You know, I don't think that I ever would have been able to change had I not gone through an experience so intense because. I had so much emotional trauma that I had suppressed from my parents and my upbringing that it was just damaging me. It was just causing me so much internal conflict and I wasn't willing to face it. I got in the habit of drinking or smoking or taking a handful of pills because I wanted to numb those feelings and I tried to run away from them my whole life. And I don't know if I ever would have been able to face them. And had I not faced them, I never would have been able to, to move forward in life, right? I was just stuck. So. I mean, I guess I would tell myself that, hey, you know, it's okay that those things happen. They don't have to define you and you can still be that person in your heart you want to be. You don't have to to try to wear that mask anymore because it's it's causing you harm. It's not protecting you in the long run. No, that's powerful, man. And now one of the things you did speak about was purpose. So you were walking around from age of 14, your father being locked up. And when you look at these statistics, I've mentioned them before, so I won't go very in depth, but, uh, you know, children that have their parents that are, or a fatherless home, nine times out of 10, they end up being incarcerated. I think it's like 60 something percent. I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, it's just a ridiculous amount. Those that have a father or fatherless home or is incarcerated, they tend to, uh, fail at school or drop out early. They tend to abuse alcohol and drugs. And you're a prime example of you know, your father being gone out of your life at that age or that moment and not necessarily having a role model to kind of mirror like I talked about with you, about you and your son. Because our, our words do not uh, affect somebody as much as our body language and what we physically do. That is how and where they learn. So we can sit there and tell them something time and time again, but it's going to be our own actions that they will mirror as they get. And I know you know this 
as a coach, but I'm not necessarily talking to you. I'm talking to the audience. So, (laughs) but I, so it's very important that, you know, and speaking about fathers, because right now, you know, uh, Michael is a father and we're speaking about him. I, I know mothers that are out there as well, and your roles are just as important, uh, just including the empathy and the care and love to include the, the mirroring of uh, the strength of a woman. So I'm not leaving you guys behind. So, um, so what is now that you had that, like, law and purpose you got out and what did you tell yourself like where did you find this purpose and what is it yeah Trey let me go back real quick to what you're saying about parenting because I think that's so important to touch on um our children see everything that we do right and they pick up on so much more than we ever realized so like now in my life my my main focus is to be at my very best every day so that I know that that energy and that, that leadership will carry over into my children, consciously and unconsciously, right? We're a byproduct of our environment. So that's exciting and also scary because if we're slipping, if we're not really aware of how we're behaving and talking and all these different things, it's going to uh, rub off on our children. But on the same token, or on a, a different side of the coin, uh, it's a, a massive advantage that we can set our, our children up for success in life just by the way we live our lives. And that's really awesome, right? So, um, but to go into the question that you brought up. So in prison is where my transformation started. I wasn't gonna wait until the day I got out to start rebuilding my life. It started the moment that that cell door closed and I was faced with the truth. And I had so much work to do on myself if I was to to get out and live a life that I truly wanted. Uh, I had years and years of suppressed emotions to dig through. And I started to do that. I started to go through a process of healing and forgiving my parents um, and just facing the truth and acknowledging my wrongs. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I was just transparent about everything, you know, and it's funny to say that because you're in a cell with one other person. How transparent can you be? But it was me to myself, like this happened, you know, writing, writing about it, talking to people on the phone, like however I could express it, I started to do that. And I just wasn't trying to hide it anymore. I, I think because I was sober for the first time in a decade and uh, all these emotions were coming alive inside of me. And I just started to, to acknowledge them day by day. So early on that healing started taking place, which if I hadn't gone through that, I never would have been able to move on and to start like dreaming of a new life or um, reconnecting with my true self. That was the next step. I was like, well, okay, the mask has been unveiled right? You're starting to acknowledge the pain and the stuff that really devastated you. Um, But what do you want for yourself? Who are you really? Because I had been so detached from the boy that was in love with life, the boy that played sports, the person in my heart, I felt like I was that I had to reconnect with that person altogether. So when I started to do that and feel that I was truly in my heart embodying the person that I was supposed to be, it was the most liberating feeling I had ever experienced to the point where I felt more joy and inner peace in that cell than I had my entire life. It didn't matter that I was confined. I felt like I found it. Like, this is it. This is what I was looking for my whole life. It doesn't matter that I'm in prison. I have it. I'm never going to let this go. And so every day I focused on how to continue cultivating that energy and that perspective. Um, And that turned into actions. So naturally the way I was feeling internally, I started like 
feeling this love and this joy and this desire for life. And now I'm confined and it's all taken away and it made me want it that much more. So I remember at night, my mind would just race with ideas and visions of who I wanted to be and what I could do in the world, what I wanted to experience. And I had almost like a near death experience where everything was taken and it was over. You know, when I was facing that life sentence, it was done. And it, it did something to me that it's hard to describe with words other than saying it felt like I died and saw what my legacy was. And then I got a chance to come back and do it differently going forward. So you can imagine somebody who wasted away, abused drugs and alcohol, like didn't do anything. What I felt, right? So that regret and remorse turned into immense desire and passion going forward that I was never going to hold back. I was never going to shy away from saying like what I felt, who I was, what I wanted to do. And then I was just going to put out the best energy and be the best person I ever could to the whole world forever. So every day in prison, I would just look for things that I could do to better myself. I want to continue to harness this energy, this mindset, and just continue to develop myself. Um, so that started with reading, writing, exercise every day, having routines that I followed that gave me purpose, even in that small cell. Um, throughout the time I was incarcerated, I was able to get college degrees. They gave me access to the correspondence program with a, a college here in California. I would do my coursework, I would send it in, and it was just back and forth. And they had a teacher at the prison that would facilitate the process. So I was able to get four college degrees while I was in prison, associate's degrees, but nonetheless, it helped me to educate myself and do something productive while I was confined. Um, so that was one thing that actually helped me get six months off my sentence. Um, and I was just exercising every day, taking care of my body, my mind, and other guys started gravitating towards me. They started seeing how I was living my life, even in there, that I was positive and motivated, that I was productive every day. Uh, and it's you know, compared to most individuals in there, I think they could see that I had some hope or vision of life beyond, beyond the, the bars, the walls, so to speak. So um, I started mentoring guys in there. I started mentoring them through workouts, through daily conversations. And I saw some of them starting to change their, their self-talk, change their attitude. Uh, they're getting in good shape. So then, you know, now they're taking college courses. Now they're asking me, hey, what else should I do? And um, I realized if I can get through to the guys in here who are at the lowest points of their lives and who are really um, limiting in their beliefs and not wanting help, then this is what I want to do. I want to reach people who feel lost and hopeless or broken like I once did beyond these walls because there's people walking around all everywhere who are in a prison up here, you know, and it's limiting them from living the lives they truly want. So in prison is when I really uncovered my purpose and that was to serve and help people and to help them to break out of that mental prison and live lives they truly love and cherish. So I had all these feelings and ideas, but I still had to put them into action, right? And I remember getting out of prison and it was like this whole new challenge surfaced because I had really conquered that challenge. Like I made every day in prison count. I, I left that place thinking, wow, I couldn't have lived my life any better than I did for those five and a half years. And it felt amazing. Um, but now I had this fast paced lifestyle out here. I had, you know, to figure out how to make money. Where am I going to live? How, what's my career going to be? All these questions. And had I not done the work on myself while I was in there, that same, you know, fear-based thinking or the doubt that surfaces when we're making big changes in life would have held me back. It would have stopped me in my tracks. And that's what I had done my whole life. I had wanted to do things and be my true self but I had a fearful thought 
or self-doubt. Oh, you're not going to be good enough. What will people think? What if you fail? All the things that plague a lot of people out here, they, they kept me stuck in my life. So I knew this, and that's why in prison I took college courses because I was scared because I thought I wasn't intelligent. That's why I worked with other guys and spoke at little events that they had inside the prison because I was scared to do it. And so I continued to get out of my comfort zone. Um, so I've been conditioning myself to do this leading up to getting out of prison because I knew it was going to be the biggest challenge of my life, honestly. How am I going to rebuild myself and show my community, my family, everybody who I truly am? And so I came home and it was, it was daunting. You know, the first two months I was staying on a trailer in someone's, uh, on a family member's property. I had $200 in my pocket, no material items, no amenities, no car, nothing. Just the desire in my heart and the vision, right? And so um, I, I was able to connect with somebody who was willing to give me a job at a gym. They knew I was in good physical shape. I had been studying fitness and that was something I was passionate about. So I got, I got certified to be a, like a personal trainer. That was the first step for me. And I, I got the job there at the gym and I started working with clients. And right away, I was able to connect with people and get them results. And I, I was just in love with what I was doing. Um, and to the point where I, I outgrew that space, I wanted to go and start my own company. And I had been there for almost a year. So I felt confident that I could do it. But again, the fear and doubt, will, will you get clients? Will you be successful? Um, will people trust you to help them? Like all those same things were surfacing. And, you know, that was a theme that continued to occur in my life. It was the desire to go beyond or follow my heart. And then the fear and doubt that oftentimes will stop us. And so I, I recognize that. And uh, every time I'd break through that barrier and just go for it, uh, the results would be magnified. Like the, it would turn out greater than I could have anticipated. And this is all happening while I'm falling in love with my current wife. We're having, you know, another baby. And so now it's like, okay, can I provide for my family? Can I take care of them? It's all these different challenges that are going to stop us from really being the person in our heart we want to be and achieving that dream life that we aspire to live. So um, that went well. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and all of a sudden the gyms are shutting down and you know, I'm not able to train my clients. And I remember just sitting in my living room. It was like four in the morning. I get up early and just reflect. And I'm just thinking, okay, man, this is it. Um, you got young children. You got a family to provide for. What are you going to do? This is a serious situation going on. And I just paid attention to what I felt in my heart. This is what I did all through prison, all through coming out and continuing to follow that path that has really just been laid before me. And the answer was as clear as day. It's you need to serve at a higher level. What you've been through and what you've been able to overcome, people need that right now. Like your message, uh, the, the tools, the strategies that help you get through prison and continue to find fulfillment in your life. People more than ever are gonna need that during this pandemic. And so I just took my whole business completely online. I stopped saying I'm just a fitness coach. I'm a life coach. I can help people with bigger issues. I felt that in my heart. And the 2020 was the best year of my life from a, a business standpoint. You know, so that again, that, that message back from like the universe or from people like, hey, you're doing it, like continue to follow your heart. This is the path, you know, the fear and doubt would have led me to what getting a nine to five and being miserable. And yeah, maybe paying the bills, but feeling in my heart like I'm not doing what I meant to do. So, um, yeah, that was last year. And all the way up until this point, it's just continued to, to grow and grow and grow. And it's been an amazing journey.
Thank you for sharing. Um, there's a lot about what you said. And to kind of unwrap a few things, I want to always take notes as people are sitting there talking because that's the way to capture the true things that you're speaking. And one of the things that you said that I really wanted to highlight was happiness is found within. Now, not necessarily your words, but that's basically your your mentality is you had to find it within yourself. You had to dig in and understand there is a bigger life out there. And that is what truly helped you to get to where you're going to be or where you are and continue to grow. And I know from talking uh, previously and you guys, uh, Sean does have some things to be able to hand out. So stay tuned to the end and you'll catch some of that. But one of the things I, I wrote down is, what would you tell someone uh, that is looking for their purpose or how could you help them with that or a few steps or? Yeah. So that's such a profound question. I think what you said earlier is so important. We're always looking externally for these answers. Maybe it's in this book. Maybe if I watch this presentation, um, we're always looking externally. So what that tells us is we want something that's different than what we're feeling in here. There's a void or some lack of fulfillment. We want that. But all the answers to all of your problems right now and anything you need is all within here. It's all within here. It is. And it's hard for people to understand that. I didn't, I didn't get that. You know, I heard about self-help and meditation and stuff like that before going to prison. And I never paid attention. I dismissed it all. It wasn't until I was locked up in a tiny little box with nothing, no distractions, that I started to pay attention to the internal dialogue that was taking place. And I just came from a place of honesty. That's so important. So for anybody that maybe wants to uncover more purpose in their life or they feel stuck, you need to get rid of the distractions every day. For, and the, the first thing you should do every morning is get rid of distractions and put yourself in a quiet place where you can just reflect and start by paying attention to your thoughts and asking yourself those questions like, am I happy? What do I really want to do if there was no limitations and I could write down on a piece of paper what my life would be like in the next year, the next five years, the next 20, and they would just come to life before my eyes. What would I write down? Right. It'll come to life before your eyes. Write it down. There's no limitations because a lot of times what happens is we hold ourselves back. Like if I were to ask somebody, hey, what do you want to do? The first thing that happens is they go through that filter of like, I failed one time. I'm not good enough, this, this and that. And then they come out with this answer. That's not really what they want. So write it down as if there's no limitations, just so you can see what it is. I don't care if it's, I want a billion dollars and I want to have a foundation that helps people all over the world. As, as crazy as that may sound to an average person, write it down because that's what your heart's telling you. And it's really important to be able to see that, right? To see that and to be honest with yourself. Because um, then from there, it's a lot easier to start connecting with that vision or start making adjustments in your lifestyle now to move towards whatever it is you want. But it's that very first step of envisioning or connecting to that vision free of limitations that I think is really hard for a lot of people, Trey. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you sharing that. And one of the things I do tend to say is a dream is just a dream without a goal. And a goal is a map to your dreams. So every day, if it's at least every day, once a week, you have to sit back and kind of just assess yourself and where you're going. Uh, same thing with finances. If you don't have a purpose, you're going to be constantly spending your money and then still be broke. 
So uh, very powerful. Thanks. So as we, we gear up towards um, almost ending here, is there anything that you would like to um, kind of say before we give people some uh, places they can go and contact you? So is there maybe some tidbits of information or let me back up first and foremost, who are you currently helping? Yeah. So I work with men who are trying to balance out their lives with running a business, raising children, similar to what you and I are going through. Right. And then still take care of ourselves. How do we do all those things? Um, it's really hard. So I work with, with my guys on their mindset, um, their, their lifestyle approach to health, uh, to business and to being the family man that they want to be so that they can find that right fit where everything feels right and they're getting the results they want in all areas of their lives. But most importantly, they feel in here and they're happy. And that does occur when we have the right approach um, and we're willing to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge like, where am I not showing up? What needs to be uh, improved upon? And it's a lot easier to make those adjustments from that place. So definitely with the, the men that are out there kind of uh, struggling day to day and looking for their purpose and strengthening their mind, body and, and spirit. Is that kind of what I'm, I'm picking up there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, when, so a lot of my clients are business owners or entrepreneurs. When you have, when you're achieving at a high level of success, right? You want to increase your, your revenue every year. You want to increase your financial position in life. It comes at a cost typically, right? Unfortunately, our health, our relationships, they get neglected over time. It happens when we lose focus because there's so much that we need to pay attention to day in and day out. Now, there are strategies and there is a way that you can give that same energy and focus to other areas of your life and still be successful. That's what I help my guys uncover and that's what I help them to start implementing in their lives. Sweet. I appreciate you sharing that and kind of opening it up for me again as I was sitting there half listening because of my mute button so <laughs> no um i'm fully engaged I, I just mess around so for parting words if you could tell somebody right now one thing to help change their life what would it be yeah that's a great question um i like to give somebody an actionable step right because we could talk about vision purpose how to overcome limiting beliefs all these things that plague us but it's hard for people to connect with them. So if you want something that'll change your life right now, immediately, develop a, a morning routine that you stick to five, six, seven days a week, get up an hour earlier before anyone else. This is one of the main things that changed my life. And I've seen it change people's lives that I'm working with. Get up an hour every day or two hours before anyone else. Yeah, it's early, but it's going to pay off massively. It's like, it's like you get an extra day every day. So put yourself in a place with no distractions, no phone, no TV, just reflect, do meditation, pay attention to that internal dialogue because you're going to start to learn a lot more about yourself. And you mentioned reviewing or making sure you're on track. This is how you do it day in and day out, right? Uh, I like to meditate, then journal. I'll do some reading related to my industry, related to raising children. I want some information that I can use to benefit my life right away. And then move your body and exercise a little. And when you have a specific process like that, and you're doing four or five things for you, just you, before the day's even started, that give you more energy, more confidence, uh, you're gonna go into every part of your day being a better version of yourself. And over time, that's gonna expedite your, your results, your relationships, your self-confidence and self-esteem. What do you think's gonna happen in business, right? Your financial well-being, everything across the board is going to improve when you're at your best. And for people who are 
raising children and, and working so much, it's hard to find that time. So we have to do it early in the morning. Otherwise, it tends to get neglected and we're not going to be as consistent as we want to be. Awesome. And that was one of the most powerful things that I could have ever done uh, to take charge of my life. Because with that one extra hour that you're speaking of, you have more time to be able to respond to things instead of sitting there just constantly reacting. And yeah. that, that time for you is just so crucial. And I appreciate you sharing that, that little nugget. Um, what is your book? Uh, you have a book out there. What is that called? And what is it about? Prison of Your Own is the name of my book. And it's about my story of being incarcerated and what I took from that experience and really how I was incarcerated in a mental prison long before I found myself behind those bars. And I, I want to open people's eyes up to the fact that, you know, maybe they're going through the same thing if they feel stuck, if they're not living the life that they truly want and they don't know how to make the adjustments or what to do to start making changes. Uh, I talk all about that, about what I uncovered while I was incarcerated and what I put into action to help me to go from, you know, somebody lost, hopeless, addicted to drugs and alcohol, depressed, to somebody who really is living out my purpose and loving my life and doing the things every day that bring me joy. And uh, I want that for everybody. So if there's anyone that feels stuck, they, they don't know really what changes to make and they want to read about an impactful story that could open your eyes, I think it'd be a, a great read for somebody in that state. And where can they find this book right now? And please explain the, the title again so it catches. Yeah, so Prison of Your Own, Break Free of Limitations and Unlock Your True Potential by Sean Michael Crane. It's available on Amazon. You can get it on the ebook, the paperback, and I'm currently working on the audiobook. But go on Amazon right now, type in Sean Michael Crane, and it'll pop up. Awesome. And is there any uh, end date for when the audio will be available? So that's a work in progress. It's a lot more work than I realized juggling everything that I have going on. The goal is that it will be available sometime in mid-March. So, um, right, that might coincide actually with this release. So hopefully by middle of March, it'll be out. Awesome. And so for those of you, those of you that are listening right now, this was actually pre-recorded because I do a big batching to be able to get this out and set up. So by the time you listen to this, uh, Sean, hopefully you'll be able to actually join us. I, I just started, uh, was it? We're in February. February was the very first month we did our collective uh, Zoom call with the guest speakers. So that gives the opportunity for any of our podcast listeners to come out onto Zoom and personally ask us questions uh, related to the podcast episodes we're on. So I don't know if you caught that or if you actually joined the Facebook, the Forging Life uh, podcast Facebook group after. But is that something you'd be willing to do with our audience as well uh, with the other guest speakers? Yeah, absolutely. I saw something about that. And uh, yeah, I would love to join and um, listen to the other speakers and share any anything that viewers might have as far as questions. Awesome. So if this airs in March, then uh, the first uh, Friday in April should be that next one. So I look forward to actually having you. And that doesn't mean you can't join us on these other ones coming up as well. So I'd love to have you there just as an expert in your industry. That's what it's about. It's about surrounding everybody that listens with the professionals that are around us because, you know, we can rise 
those um, that are trying to have a better awareness and better their life. And that's kind of why I started that uh, one Friday every month. So the uh, Amazon book, you can go to Amazon and get your book. Where else can we find you at, Sean? Yeah, I also have a website, seanmichaelcrane.com. There's free resources and courses um, based on the stuff that we spoke about today. Uh, And I think that if anyone's feeling, like I said, stuck or you want some actionable steps to develop a morning routine, to clarify your vision and set short-term goals, it would be great for you to go check out those free resources and to put some of that stuff into action in your life right now. Thank you for making that available to everybody. Please make sure you guys go check out his website. Uh, Do you have an email list that you reach out and do uh, weekly uh, things to or anything like that? Yeah, I have an email list. There's an opt-in on the the website on shawmichaelcrane.com. So if they want to be a part of that, it's pretty straightforward. They'll see the link and the way to get my weekly newsletters and extra resources and information I provide. Awesome. And what are, what are some of the things that you speak about within your newsletter that they could look yeah. forward to? Yeah. So I talk about, you know, common challenges that people are facing, um, how to, how to make time to exercise when you're working two jobs and raising kids, um, you know, how to overcome limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck, how to develop more confidence with three things you could do every day that help you to feel good about who you are and what you're doing, uh, how to develop a morning routine, how to develop a nighttime routine, um, why most people don't meet their new year's resolutions and fall short and go through the same pattern all the time. We touch on a lot of stuff that are, is related to mindset and a lot of the traps and pitfalls people find themselves in that really just hold them back and prevent them from being the person they want to be. So now that you guys know, make sure you head over to this website, make sure you actually go in and subscribe to the the newsletter. I know it's about 63% of the newsletters actually even get opened, but this is an opportunity for you guys to get free information. I started this podcast for you guys to be able to get free information to better yourself. Uh, I came across clients that were like, I just can't afford the, the coaching costs. And I said, okay, perfectly fine. And how did I combat against that? Well, here's free information and go to the websites, uh, starting this podcast to be able to interview people like Sean sitting here to be able to offer his time and value to you guys. So Sean, thank you so much for being here. Thanks Trey for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, you guys, as always make the rest of your day, the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the forging life podcast, I ask you this, take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.